This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrack, and today I'm joined by the profoundly talented singer-songwriter Mark Mazury, who has just become a member of the renowned group The Tenors. In preparing for my interview with Mark Mazury, I spoke to acclaimed celebrity vocal coach Elaine Overholt, who's also known for being the vocal coach on such award-winning films as CODA, Chicago and Hairspray. And she said, if you asked me who my three favorite singers are, I would say Gino Vanelli, KG Lang, and Mark Mazury. In terms of voices, really, really, really good voices. Also later on in the program, Tom Ernst joins us once again with his top movie picks for the holidays. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about Mark Mazury. Grammy and Juno Award nominee Mark Mazury once studied to become a medical doctor and then decided early on in his academic career to pursue his first love of music. As he says, music is kind of like medicine, I guess. It heals the body and soothes the soul. This philosophy is what has guided Mark to create the haunting lyrics and melodies that really have become his trademark. With his powerful and gorgeous tenor voice, Mark is taking on the songs of love and loss and sorrow and hope. And on the tales of his highly acclaimed television concert special and new album with Green Hill Music, UMG, by multi-platinum producer Patrick Hamilton of Belgium, Mark is showcasing his unique theatrical pop style and exceptional writing skills with songs that will make you dance, and songs that will make you cry. Whether he's performing with the Vivaldi Orchestra in Moscow, heading his own North American tour, or guesting on, and this got me, this was pretty cool, David Foster's Hitman Returns television special, Mark is opening hearts and minds with thought-provoking songs, a very charismatic stage presence, and his sensuous tenor voice. Mark's genre-bending style and eclectic taste in music is evident in his previous releases, See My Face is a collection of covers and originals that lean towards soulful. La Voce includes songs in six languages and collabs with John Cicada and Jim Brickman, highlighting Mark's jaw-dropping range and classical training. Mark's 2011 album, Intimo, is a tribute to the most beloved Italian song set to classical guitar, duets with international stars, and we'll talk about this, Olivia Newton-John and Delta Goodrum have become instant classics on adult contemporary radio. Mark Masary, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you so much, Judy. It is such a pleasure to be with you. And my goodness, what, what an introduction. I'm like, I'm blushing here. <laughs> <laughs> so well deserved, my goodness. It, it doesn't even say enough about Thank how you. supremely talented you are. I have to go back to Elaine Overholt's comment that her favorite singers of all time are Gino Videlli, KD Lang, and you, Mark Masri. What a compliment. And 
it's it's so true. And Elaine said you wrote many tunes for the Big Voice TV series and that you actually have the ultimate big voice. And she was thrilled that you're now with the acclaimed international multi-platform Juno award-winning vocal group, The Tenors. What has that been like for you to join this legendary group formerly known as the Canadian Tenors? Hmm. Well, first of all, I have such love and respect and a deep friendship of many years with Elaine. So to hear her make those comments about me as I have admired her career as well is so beautiful to me and so meaningful because she is the voice of all voices. And to hold me in the company of people like Katie Lang and Gino Vanelli is a huge compliment. To be part of the tenors now has been just an amazing experience for me, Judy. You know, I've been friends of the guys for many years and had rare occasion to sub in when one of them were either ill or they were having some big event in their family, like birth of children or something like that, and they couldn't make a concert, so they'd call Mark to sub in. And so I've had a great relationship with the guys for years. It's been like the brother from another mother (laughs) on the outside looking in, but still had that connection with these guys and a great appreciation for all the work that they've done, the excellence that they bring to their artistry and the music, and you know the countless people that they touch with their songs and with their productions and their, and their music. And so now to be part of the inside is, is really, really cool, you know, to be no longer on the outside looking in, but being on the inside and just so excited about what the future has for us as we start talking about new albums and writing and collaborating together. It is really like a dream come true. Wow. Congratulations, honestly. This is heady stuff and so well-deserved. I have to go back a little because I'm not sure if people know this, but your cover of Roxette's It Must Have Been Love has over 30 million YouTube views. And I just would love to play a short clip of it for our listeners. And before I do, I want to ask you, what did you think when you discovered this incredible reaction to your cover of this song? And can you tell us more about what inspired you to sing it? Yeah. So when I was recording Beating Heart, you know, you start as a singer songwriter, of course, you want to make sure that your voice is represented in terms of your writing voice is represented in an album. But you also want to make sure that you incorporate some of those celebrated, beloved songs that have proven themselves time and time again. You know, they're just, there's a reason why covers are covers. It's because they're great songs. And when I started looking at songs that I could reinterpret, or we'll call it Masrify them, if you will, (laughs) it was just a song that just jumped out at me And I remember sitting in my studio, just working through some ideas and some arrangement approaches that perhaps I could take to make it unique to me. And just this ostinato pattern started to come through Mm -hmm. my fingers. And I just started singing this melody over it. And and very quickly, I knew I was onto something and just finishing it and putting more flesh on the skeleton of the arrangement was just very exciting for me. And then to record it, And have that song featured in my PBS special. It was one of the songs I chose to perform that night. And when the video surfaced on social media and on YouTube, Per Gessel, who is one of the two that make up the band Roxette, heard the arrangement and instantly reposted it to all of their fans and just paid me a wonderful compliment as being one of the best covers he had ever heard of it must have been love and it just mushroomed from there and so to get that response was just i'm first of all honored and privileged that per gessel took enough time he's one of the writers of the song as well 
for him to even take time to listen to it was so meaningful to me. But then for it to have the impact that it's had on YouTube, like over 30 million views, I could have never imagined. Wow. I could imagine it. I could imagine. And I think you'll all get it. (laughs) You'll all get it because I'd love to play a clip of it right now. Here is the incredible Mark Masry singing, It Must Have Been Love. Let's have a listen. Due to international copyright law, podcasts are unable to include music. Music can only be played on the live radio broadcast. Finding Your Bliss airs every Saturday at 1 p.m. If you'd like to hear this artist's music, you can find the link to our Finding Your Bliss SoundCloud in the episode description. Oh, oh my God, Mark. That is so spectacular. Wow. Wow. You know, I was playing it yesterday before the show and somebody walked by as we were just writing the script and playing it and said, who is that voice? That voice. Oh my God, that voice. <laughs> I'll tell you after oh, who it was, but it was, uh, yeah, that was, that was really what really happened. So this, as you mentioned, was from your 2016 special with PBS entitled Mark Masary Live. What was that experience like for you? Oh, amazing. You know, when I reflect back on that season in my life and getting ready for that special, a lot of people wouldn't know this, but it was one of these bittersweet periods in my life because as I was preparing for this concert of a lifetime, out on the water, on the Welland Canal, on a custom-built glass stage that we had made for this special with a wonderful audience out underneath a July oh. summer sky and all these beautiful things happening around me, working on the arrangements, pulling things together, mm-hmm. coordinating my guests and, and just making sure that everything was perfect and yet at home, my mother-in-law was very ill with cancer and was facing her final days. And so she wanted nothing more, Judy, than to be there that night when we taped that concert. And unfortunately, she was lying in a hospital bed, you know, facing the final stages of her cancer. And so even my wife couldn't even attend the concert. My family had to stay, you know, my Mm -hmm. son and my wife stayed with her at the hospital. So it was one of these beautiful things for me creatively. And yet I look back on that period in my life and, you know, with a little bit of sadness because I know the people that are really closest to me couldn't be there to experience it except for watching it after the fact, which is okay. It's okay. It's fine. But yeah. Yeah, an amazing experience to be able to pull. I love, I I don't know if people always get this about artists, but collaboration is one of the most beautiful things that we can do. I mean, it's great to be a solo artist and to get out there and express yourself for who you are, song after song, night after night. But when you get the opportunity to collaborate with other amazing creatives, there's nothing like it. There's a new magic that happens that you just, you can, it's hard to describe at times. I get it. I know it's making me cry the way you're saying this, because I really understand what you're talking about so much. So many things. Speaking of collaboration, you've collaborated with some very incredible artists. And we mentioned this off the top, such as David Foster, Olivia Newton-John, John Cicada, Andrea Bocelli, of course, the tenors who you're now with, Jim Brickman, and even a gorgeous duet back in 2015 with Catherine Jenkins, which went platinum in the UK. If I just say a couple of these names, Mark, can you give me a couple of words about each of them and tell us something special about your collab with them? Let's start with world-renowned musician, composer, arranger, and record producer, David Foster. I know you were a featured artist on David Foster, The Hitman Returns, the television special that aired internationally. Can you tell us more about what that experience was like for you? Wow. I mean, in terms of experiences, Judy, it was incredible to be on the stage with 
Seal on one side of you, Earth, Wind, and Fire on the other side of you, Kenny Loggins, Shaka Khan, Donna Summer. I mean, the list goes on. We did this concert. We recorded this concert at Mandalay Bay in Vegas. And uh, it was really, really, really cool. I got to perform with Megan Hilty, who was the co-star to <sighs> Catherine McPhee on the primetime drama called Smash. Do you remember yes. that drama? Oh, that was on of ABC? course. Of course. Yes. Yeah, so I got, oh. to, I got to perform alongside Megan as we were premiering some music that David was working on for a new musical based on Betty Boop. So really cool to be premiering some new David Foster music, A, because we know he's just a monster writer. And then just the people that you get to share the stage with and to be able to sing with Megan. These are all memories that I will cherish forever. Wow. I would love it if you could share a memory of what it was like singing with the beautiful Olivia Newton-John. When you say the beautiful Olivia Newton-John, I'm sure you've heard it said many times. She is exactly that, inside and out, on stage and off stage. There is, and I don't want to say was, there is a grace about Olivia that very few people possess. Mm-hmm. And I count it a privilege to have had the opportunity to share the stage with her, to not only record on each other's albums over the years, but to actually stand on the stage next to her and to feel that energy and that beauty and that light that she just exudes, even to this day when you hear her music. And we know she's no longer suffering and in a better place, but I will always hold those memories very near and dear. And she is everything that you imagined she would be. For those of you that have not had the opportunity or the privilege to meet her, she is all of those things and more. That's what I will say about Olivia. And talented and gorgeous and all of the above. What a duo the two of you are together. Just I mean, looks-wise, sound-wise, every-wise. And you have recorded so many magnificent Christmas songs. And one of them is the gorgeous song, Every Time It Snows, that you did record with Olivia Newton-John. Can you set this song up for us? Because it's our holiday show, so I thought this would be a lovely song to play. Yes. It's one of those beautiful songs that focuses on the love that doesn't necessarily get to come together at Christmas, but there's a longing that one has for the other and vice versa during the holiday season. And it can be romantic love. It can be parental love. It can be friendship, love, whatever it is that you are missing over the holidays. This is that song that says that every time it snows, I think about you. Every time it snows, I long to be in your embrace. I long to be in your company. And longing for that person to return, to come back. And it's a song that Olivia wrote with our friend, Judy. You and I know Amy Skye very well. Yes. So it was a collaboration between them that they wrote together. So it's just a stunning song. And the fact that they wrote it as a duet is so fitting because of the theme of the song as well. And there's this beautiful call and answer section in the song that I just think in the bridge section that is just so... Like it just, it's like right up there with like, Oh Holy Night as Christmas songs go, you know, as far as I'm concerned. I agree. Oh, it's ju- it just sends me. Without further ado, let's all have a listen to Every Time It Snows, sung by Mark Masary and Olivia Newton-John. <sighs> bravo and brava. Wow. Just Thank you. Thank heartbreakingly you. beautiful. Yeah, it just takes on a whole new meaning, even when we think about Olivia and her family this year. And for so many people that have lost loved ones, the holidays can be a difficult time. But to celebrate their memories and to focus on the beautiful times and those things about those people that we cherish, it's definitely a time to do that this time of year. 
Absolutely. Wow. You are the current host of the longest running daily talk show in North America, 100 Huntley Street. I know we're getting close to the end, but I just want to ask you briefly what it means to be the host of that show for you. Oh, Judy, I, I have to say that I love it. We get to tell stories every day about people's faith journey and how their faith has carried them through some difficult times. And it's just everyday people with stories like you and I that just have the power to inspire someone else to keep going and to not give up. And of course, we have fun too. It's not all heavy and sad and drab, but it's it's about inspiring hope in people. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people are looking for. And life and love and knowing that they're loved and knowing that they're seen and that they're heard and that they're valued. And I just love being one small part of spreading that message. And we get to do that every day on 100 Huntley Street. And I'm really honored for the opportunity. It's one thing that I don't, you know, I don't take it for granted. And even when the tenors approached me about joining them, I was just like, as long as I can keep at least a little piece of Huntley Street, I need to be able to be there for them, you know, continue to have that outlet at least um, a couple days a week. So yeah, I love it. I know. I know. I know that's so I guess important short, to you. I love it. I know. <laughs> and we love you on it. And also, I just want to say, speaking of inspirational people, I can't uh, leave this without asking about what it was like working with Andrea Bocelli. I mean, I just think about him and you in the same breath. And so how wonderful that collab <laughs> must have been. Well, it was pretty special. So it was a special concert that was recorded at the Colosseum at the Ruins in Rome. Wow. Uh, it was a concert called Music for Mercy. And there was a wonderful choir there. I believe it was the orchestra that plays for the opera in Rome was the orchestra. <sighs> and there were a number of artists there. So I was there with the tenors that night. So I was that was one of my lucky trips <laughs> that I got to go to Rome with the guys to sub in. <laughs> and there was a couple of the wonderful soprano, Carla Paoli from London and and a number of other Italian artists that are well known there. And to be on the stage with although that night, so we were all sort of part of this big group number at the end of which Bocelli was a part of. And that was amazing. I mean, he's an icon. I mean, to be in his presence is just amazing because he just, there's such a humility about him too. As great as he is, he's still very humble and still very approachable and warm. And so just to have that opportunity to say that I was on the same stage as Bocelli and to sing a song that he was singing at the same time is pretty special. Wow. You started singing in your father's small church near Antigonish, Nova Scotia, when you were nine years old and your family returned to Scarborough, Ontario in the 80s. And at 12, you were singing local churches and giving piano recitals. I just want to ask you briefly, what does it feel like when you sing? Hmm. I feel free. I feel a sense of connection to myself, to my spirit. And to the people that I get to share that with. And there's such a beautiful exchange that happens there, Judy. So it's not just, I don't feel like it's just me giving the audience something, but they give something back in turn. And there's this beautiful exchange that happens. And I really feel like I'm soaring, like an eagle soaring really high. And there's just a sense of being in a place where you were always intended to be. It's like breathing. I mean, I guess that's the best way I can put it. It's so natural. It's so instinctive for me that to not be able to do that or to have that taken from me would be a problem. (laughs) Yeah, 
Yeah. But no, it, it would not insurmountable. But you know what I mean? It's just so much a part of who I am that it's it's just like eating, sleeping or breathing. Of course. What is bliss for Mark Masary? Maybe you just answered it. Mm, I think it's making music. Mm-hmm. Inspiring hope and making music. That's bliss for Mark Masary. Mm-hmm. And for us as the audience. I want to thank you so much, thank Mark, you. for being on the show today. It's really been an honor having you here, truly. It has been an honor to be with you, Judy. You as well. To connect with Mark Masary on social media, just visit at the Mark Masary on Instagram. That's M-A-S-R-I. Or you can go to Mark Masary Fans on Facebook or visit his website at www.markmasary.com. We're going to go on a short commercial break, more with Finding Your Bliss and movie critic Tom Ernst when we come back. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're now joined again for the fourth year in a row for our Christmas show by movie critic extraordinaire Tom Ernst. And before we say hello, let me tell you a little bit more about him. Tom Ernst is a Toronto-based film critic and writer, an active member of the Toronto Film Critics Association. His written work on film has appeared in various publications, but Tom is perhaps best known as the host, interviewer, and producer of television's longest-running movie program, Saturday Night at the Movies, and Bell Media's Making Movies the Canadian Way. Currently, Tom's film reviews can be read on OriginalSin.ca and NorthernStars.ca. Tom's first book, The Wild Boy, and I hope I'm pronouncing this well, of Wabamek, <laughs> is due for release on January 31st, 2023 from Dundurn Press. And of course... We're going to have him back on the show to tell us all about that as well. Tom Ernst, welcome back to Finding Your Bliss. So great to see you again. And Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Welcome. Thank you so much. Four years. How did I get that lucky that I end up <laughs> on Finding Your Bliss for four years? <laughs> we love you. That's, it's as simple as that. We love you and you're always so wonderful. And it's always so great to see you as it is today. Thank you. We've got so many, and I, and I want to congratulate you in the book, and we're going to get to that a little later, but we've got so many great Christmas movies to discuss. So let's get right to it. And before we play some of these wonderful clips that you provided us with and talk about some of the films, I wanted to just ask you, what are the yummy ingredients that go into making a good Christmas movie? 
You know, for years, Judy, my standard answer to that question has been snow. But then I realized not everybody <laughs> is so lucky, you know, as to have a snow to sort of decorate the season. And not everyone likes the stuff as much as I do. So, you know, I had to revise it a bit to think, is there any other element other than the physical, magical look of a blanket of freshly white snow? Now, when I mm. talk about snow in a movie, I'm talking about untarnished snow. No boot prints, no slush, no mud from the tires of cars, just pristine <laughs> white. So I think maybe there is a wholesomeness to Christmas movies. And even if you're going to tackle subjects like about family breakdowns or other things, which, you know, there are some Christmas movies that go into that area, there still has to be an element of magic, I think, to make it truly work. Realism is great in movies, and it can be great in some Christmas films. But overall, I think the sensation of hope has to be resonate throughout the script. And there, mm -hmm. you know, like in any good story, there has to be an arc. And usually in Christmas movie, that arc is, is coming to an emotional understanding of the self, maybe a regrounding of uh, you with your family, with your child, however it works. But I'm changing my answer now from snow to something magical, whether it's ethereal that can't happen, like Santa Claus or something very real, like reuniting with someone who you long ago left behind. I love that answer. Wow, it's so, so lovely and so true. I'm fascinated by the film Spirited, starring Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds with the marvelous Octavia Spencer, which is really an updated musical twist on A Christmas Carol. Can you tell us a little bit more about the film Spirited and what audiences can expect from this one? Okay, so this is an interesting one for me, Judy, because when I first saw it, I went into the film reading a review first, which I never do, and it was a scathing review. <laughs> and so I, I watched the first little bit, and it looked like a variety show, the first song. And I kind of went, well, oh, it's not for me. And then I ran into people who said, have you seen this film? It's great. I know you like musicals, Tom. And I went, well, I didn't care for it. They went, mm, how far did you get? Not far. <laughs> well, wouldn't you know, the first song that Ryan Reynolds sings is an almost traditional Broadway musical type of song. Big dance number, kind of a, a music man lead in to the film. And it just really caught me. And then I was able to watch the movie and I was enjoying it. But at the one hour mark, something happens, Judy. This movie just erupts in something wonderful. It's funny. Oh. It's the musical numbers are really tight. And I can't watch a musical, Judy, without thinking of you. Why is that? Are you? <laughs> are you? Are, are, we share that. <laughs> okay, good. Because there's one song that's called Good Afternoon. And in the realm of this fantasy movie, you're right, it's kind of a twist on Scrooge. Good afternoon is not nice. It's considered a bad phrase. And um. they don't know it. So they're saying good afternoon. And they're singing good afternoon to everybody and everybody's offended by it. So it's a very amusing number. And it has sort of a Oliver twist feeling to it. And I say that it feels like it came from the movie Oliver, which is just another way of saying it has a Charles Dickens feel. It starts in a pub, and there's nothing like a great pub song in any musical. There should be at least one pub song. Yeah. I just love this movie. I found it highly entertaining. I was taken by surprise. I think if you 
I don't know what kind of Grinch you have to be to not find <laughs> something about this movie to like. I really enjoyed it. Oh, it sounds so good. Well, we have a short clip from the film Spirited. Let's all have a listen. Good afternoon! Wait, wait, was that Judy Dench? Oh my God, she's a national treasure. I love her in everything. I loved her in um, that uh, chocolate. 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 That sounds like so much fun. Can it you tell is. us a little bit more about what did we just hear? What was that? Well, what happens is the movie is incredibly irreverent and it <laughs> has things like all of a sudden Judy Dench walks through the set. And sings a oh. line. And they, they'll stop the musical and have that discussion. <laughs> Was that Judy Dench? And then talk about chocolate. <laughs> and there's another moment in the movie that's similar. There's the, it's kind of meta in the way that it's a musical, but it's incredibly self-aware. And uh, mm. there's one character in it that keeps running and going, no, nope, no singing, please. No, nope, no, nope, we're going to do it. <laughs> and then the lights go on and he goes, no, cut the spotlight. There's not going to be any singing. And they're singing anyways. And so he gives up. And Christmas passed, the ghost of, uh, maybe it was Christmas, Marley or somebody who steps in and starts singing. And Ryan Reynolds' <laughs> character doesn't understand what he's saying or what he's trying to get. So he'll stop him and make him clarify what he's singing about. I just found it incredibly amusing. And if I was to make a musical, which one day I still hope to, that's how I would do it. <laughs> I love that. Well, by the way, that's something I want to I want to work on with you. Okay, so remember me when that when oh, that yes, time comes. Yeah. I want to be involved. That'd be awesome. What I also love about this film, Spirited, is that it's available on Apple TV. So you don't even have to leave your cozy home at Christmas time to enjoy it with family and friends. This looks like a great one. Thanks for bringing that to us. I was also fascinated, Tom, by the next film, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, with Chris Pratt, Bradley Cooper, Dave Bautista, and Kevin Bacon. What a cast! I'd love you to tell us a little bit more about it. I know we have a clip, but before we see it, can you just give us a little bit more about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special and what we're about to hear? This is a very short film. It's a television special. And it, from the title, you might be able to gather that it's an extension of the Guardians of the Galaxy series by James Gunn. Probably in the Marvel Universe, this is the one I really can tolerate <laughs> You know, like, I mean, people love the Marvel films. They're fine. But this is one that I think really hits the nail when it comes to humor and action and everything else. There's there's something to the Guardians of the Galaxy series that really works that goes above and beyond the Marvel uh, universe. In this one, we have a Christmas special in that Chris Pratt's character is a little bit sad because uh, he misses Christmas. He's on another planet. So they decide to bring Christmas to him. Now, I may have missed something in the film. I'm not sure how they came to the conclusion that kidnapping <laughs> Kevin Bacon is the way to do it, but they do. They kidnap Kevin Bacon and bring him back as a gift, which Chris Pratt informs them is not a good thing. Very funny movie. This features two songs, two new Christmas songs, one by a band. I think they're called the 1996 or something, 1997s. Hmm. I, check that, check for confirmation. But then Kevin Bacon sings a Christmas song with them. And he used to be in a band. And if we remember Footloose, we know darn well that he can do this. So yes. that's it. Chris Pratt remembers Kevin Bacon from Footloose. That's why they kidnap him. 
Oh, that's so cool. Okay, we have a clip. Let's roll the clip from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh my God, that's so, so catchy, that music. There's something about that song that is so catchy. Sounds awesome. Oh, I am so excited to see this one. Forget that he's a musical talent as well. It's such a charming, great sort of family movie. And, you know, the message is nice and it's sweet and and it really hits all the right Christmas buttons or rings all the right Christmas bells. Oh, it sounds so good. I love that. Is this something that we can watch on Netflix? Yeah, this too. I think it's either on Netflix or on Bell Media. I mean, Bell Media on Apple TV. It is accessible to stream. And once again, just like the other film, you don't have to leave the house. Although, you know, I I have nothing against leaving the house to go to a movie. (laughs) I know. But there's something cozy about, you know, the fireplace and cuddling up and maybe some some popcorn. Who knows? Yeah, some popcorn, a little bit of a uh, maybe a hot toddy. Do they there have those go. anymore? I'm kind of an eggnog, <laughs> rum and eggnog man, so. <laughs> yeah. So at first, when I heard the next title, I thought it was a fun parody of the song Silent Night, but I understand that Violent Night is a dark comedy that is far from traditional holiday fare, but still with a solid Christmas message, as you say, of giving, believing, and a family. Can you tell us a little bit more about the film, Who Plays Santa, and what it's all about? Oh, David Harburn. If people remember, well, people do remember Stranger Things from TV and the uh, sheriff, Winona Ryder's a love interest in that series. He plays Santa Claus, not a fake Santa, not a, a store Santa, but the real Santa Claus. And he's a Santa Claus who's tired. He's a little bit disappointed in humanity or the lack of humanity and, and how things are being taken for granted. He misses going out around the world. He misses Mrs. Claus when traveling around the world delivering these presents. It's an interesting film in so many ways. First of all, I want your viewers to know before they decide to rush out and see it, it is a very violent movie. So Mm -hmm. if you Mm -hmm. are, you know, if you don't like that or you like your Christmas pretty traditional, this is not going to be for you. But if you're yes. if you like your Christmas kind of with a diehard edge, which a lot of people call a Christmas movie, and, and I'm one of them, this may be up your alley. Santa goes to a little girl's house, or at least her grandma's house. The grandmother is a very wealthy woman and clearly has some goings on, political goings on, that get the the interest of people who want to rob her and steal her. Okay. But she's not a pushover though, and robbers come in take over the household, threaten to kill the family. Santa's there. <laughs> he decides he has to help because he. this little girl is one of the last really good girls there. So he's not going to disappoint her. He refuses to disappoint her. But here's what I think is great. Santa is not a great fighter. <laughs> so he, he right. gets roughed up a lot. <laughs> but the point is he stays Ooh. there. He helps the girl rekindle her love of the season he reunites the family in ways unexpected. And despite its violence, there's a real tenderness. And there's lots of moments of just really slow, Christmas-spirited uh, goodwill, which is the clip, I think. I'm about to show you that Santa is involved talking to the little girl and basically deciding whether or not to continue helping her. Wow. All right. That sounds really fascinating. Let's have a listen to a clip from Violent Night. 
A bunch of new bad guys showed up. They're on the naughty list. I'm sorry. I think this is it, kid. No, no, don't say that. Naughty list. It just grows and grows. Don't give up. You make a wish this time, Santa. If you could have anything in this world, what would it be? I wish I could see Mrs. Claus again. Yeah. It, oh, it, it pulls at your heartstrings. So it sounds like this film has a lot more than meets the eye. Yeah. And again, it's definitely not for everyone. And I wouldn't want to lead anybody down that path. But yeah, at this point, Santa's not doesn't know if he's going to make any. He just wants to see Mrs. Claus one more time. He's kind of a bad Santa in a way, you know, like he does drink. He does smoke. He eats <laughs> way too many cookies. Um, and, uh, he often forgoes a glass of milk if he happens to see a nice whiskey on the shelf, but, uh, you know, and David Harbour is so good in this. And I think he may have found a reoccurring role. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Violent Night 2 next year. Wow. Where can people see Violent Night, Tom? Well, it's in the theaters and I don't think it's going to be, uh, too long before it appears on streaming, whether on iTunes or whatever. It's currently at select theaters and it's doing quite well. And it's getting, you know, mixed reviews, both from people who love this, this kind of thing and people who are appalled by it. So you can (laughs) decide who's, you know, where that needle lands. Uh, I think one of the things you can remember about this movie is that it's played for laughs. So the violence, despite being extreme, it's still comical in that it just never could happen. And Santa is magical. Something he keeps saying throughout the film is, I don't know why this happens. I don't get it. But (laughs) his magic also sort of intervenes and plays with the heads of these villains in the movie. It's quite funny watching a villain come to the realization that Santa Claus is real. Wow. I'm fascinated. I really want to see this one. Thank you for that. I was so excited to see that Lindsay Lohan is making her comeback as an engaged heiress who suffers from amnesia after a skiing accident in the film Falling for Christmas. We have a clip from Falling for Christmas. What is it basically about and what are your thoughts on this one? Don't answer that just yet. We're going to go on a short commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to hear the clip and hear all about Lindsay Lohan's comeback. We'll be right back. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. Hi, everyone. We're back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're here with our favorite movie critic, Tom Ernst. And just before the break, Tom, I was asking you to tell us a little bit more about the film Falling for Christmas. 
Well, I, th- I think you summed it up. It's an heiress. And the real reason to see this movie, to see if Lindsay Lohan could get from the naughty list onto the good list, <laughs> because she was well known for being kind of a bad girl in Hollywood. And this is kind yes. of her comeback. So we wish her the best. I don't necessarily think this is the movie that's going to catapult her to regain her stardom. But as far as kind of Hallmark movies, and it's a Netflix film, the Hallmark films, it's sentimental, it's corny, it's kind of Goldie Hawn light, if you know what I mean. And (laughs) it's entertaining enough even just to sit and laugh and chuckle along with the corny lines and the heavy-handed romance. Oh, this is, sounds like my kind of movie. Let's have a listen to Fox. <laughs> Just needs a song or two. <laughs> exactly. Let's let us let us have a listen to Falling for Christmas. Sheriff, could you please tell her to let me out of here? First, we need to figure out who you are. What do you mean, who I am? My name is... My name is... So what are we supposed to do with her? I have a place. Does it have room service? <laughs> I I remember I laughed out loud when I watched this clip before. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. I, I just, oh, I love it. There's something so comforting about Christmas movies. And a lot of Christmas movies do get made over and over again, like A Christmas Carol. Why are there so many versions of the film A Christmas Carol? I think they need to sort of continuing to find a new audience. Although, how do you prove on Dickens? I can't really grasp. So there've been all sorts of different versions of Ebenezer Scrooge, whether it's the Muppets or Donald Duck or animated version, Alistair Sims, endless. The story is so good. Look at it, it has Christmas spirit. It has transformation of a evil soul to a angelic soul. It has ghosts. It has time travel. I mean, it really is a perfectly structured story made into film. So whatever way you can manipulate that to make it work, whether it's putting in Bill Murray or putting in a Ryan, um, I was going to say Ryan Gosling, but why not put in Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, but why not put in Ryan Gosling? <laughs> That's so great. I remember last year, Tom, on the program, you talked about Fat Man, where Mel Gibson plays Santa as a hitman. And this year you're bringing us Violent Night, which we just talked about. Are you really a Grinch at heart, Tom? Or are You'd you a softie? Think so. <laughs> you know what? I'm not because I, I, I'm touched by these movies. And yes, I have a side of me. And like the Santa that appears in Violent Night, I have no idea what makes me tick in this particular way. But I do like these movies. <laughs> Fat Man, however, I recommended. Hopefully I didn't recommend it. Hopefully I just talked about it. Because when I <laughs> saw it, it really wasn't very good. Whereas I think Violent Night delivers. So wow. these movies, despite having the dark edge, they still have to be about something. They still have to deliver something. And this one, Violent Night, delivers the gifts where I think the Santa, it, Mel Gibson Santa kind of, just fell off the sleigh, as it were. Uh, Fell off the sleigh. You listed a few new Christmas movies and classics that are always great to return to. Are there any movies coming out for people who don't want to necessarily see a Christmas movie or they've seen them all and they can still enjoy? I'm going to fast track because I know we're getting to the end of our time, but you had mentioned before the show, The Whale, directed by Darren Aronofsky, starring Brendan Fraser. Can you tell us a little bit more about that film, The Whale? 
most of us have heard of how great Brendan Fraser's performance is in The Whale, and that's absolutely true. But what's being left out of that conversation is how great a film Darren Ofsky has made. It's taken from a stage play. It's about an oversized man who tries to reunite with his daughter, who is very troubled, and who he abandoned at eight years old to be with mm. an, another man who he loved. And it's just, there's no Christmas trees, there's no snow, but it has everything a Christmas movie could want. And honest to goodness, I cried three times in that movie, Judy, and I haven't oh. I haven't shed a tear in a cinema in years. And wow. I was in the press screening, and you couldn't watch the movie with a, more, a group of people who are more sort of not into crying and not into the sentiment. <laughs> and man, there was, yes. really a, there was not a dry eyes in that oh. theater. It was really quite wonderful. Oh, you've sold me on that one. The Whale, everyone, directed by Darren Aronofsky, starring Brendan Fraser. That sounds amazing. I also, and I know we're getting to the end of our time, but I had to talk about this. I was so excited to see a symposium online all about women talking, directed by Sarah Pauly and starring Rooney Mara, Claire Foy, Sheila McCarthy, Frances McDormand, and Michelle McLeod. It looks phenomenal. What a cast. I can't wait for this one. Can you tell us a little more about the film and how audiences can see it? This is really Sarah Polly's year with her uh, memoirs coming out, which is a splendid read. And then this film, Women Talking, easily her best film yet. And that's saying a lot because she has done three wow. amazing pictures. This is a woman completely in control of the film she wants to see. Women Talking is an ex inspiring movie about diligence and about coming into oneself and about women taking control. Mm. You've brought us so many winners. I got to start watching when I get off this no, interview. No, My no. goodness. <laughs> wow. I'm so impressed and I'm so grateful to you on behalf of our audience. Now, we're going to devote a whole upcoming episode to what I'm about to tell you, but I just wanted to congratulate you just publicly on your upcoming book, The Wild Boy of Wabamik. Wabamik, that's W-A-U-B-A-M-I-K. Can you just tell us briefly about your book and how people can get a copy of it in the new year? And congrats on this. Thank you so much. Uh, it's The Wild Boy of Wabamik. It's not an easy name to pronounce. And it's a memoir. And I will say I started writing this book as a fiction. And when Russell Smith, who's a well-known author in Toronto, as well as an editor, said it's got to be a memoir. So I took out all the stuff that wasn't true and put in more stuff that is true. It's a difficult story, but I think it's one of triumph. Uh, but I don't want to, I hope the story also brings the idea that in the midst of excessive darkness, there is always just a line of humor somewhere to be found and hope. And that the resilience of anyone in time of stress and trouble and hardships is that we're familiar with it. And what becomes normal, we can deal with. And it's basically about that. And, you know, I won't say much more because uh, I want you to read it, Judy. I'm going to read it and you're going to come back and we're going to go in depth on it. And I can't wait for that in the new year. What is bliss these days for Tom Ernst? Well, always for four years in a row, it's my daughter. <laughs> it's absolutely my daughter. She is a constant source of magic and uh, confidence for me, of reassurance. She herself is my idea of hope. She's very political, which we're proud of. And also, I think bliss for me too right now is heading in this new direction, uh, writing, and I hope to continue that way. So I find bo both things incredibly satisfying. My daughter always 
the journey towards writing is just a wonderful experience too. I love that. And last year, I should tell our listeners that your daughter actually contributed to this segment by actually including some of her favorite films. So maybe next year, we'll have you both on to do that. And that could be something really fun to look forward to. Well, that would be fun because she disagrees with absolutely everything I say just out of principle. (laughs) (laughs) Our kids the best. (laughs) They They keep us young, don't they? What is the best way for people to contact you, Tom, and connect with you on social media? Yeah, I always, it's so funny. Every year you ask that and you would think I would remember it. <laughs> so I think um, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to learn. How, you know what? When I come back, I'm going to have a better answer for you because I'm trying to learn how to get onto Instagram, which apparently my daughter tells me I have two accounts. So uh, I think it's Ernst.Tom with an H, T-H-O-M is one yes. of my Instagram accounts. And then let's go with Tom.Ernst for the other and see where you go. Love uh, that. And it's Love at RealTomErnst for Twitter. And then I'm always available just at RealTomErnst.com. That's my email. And I, and I don't mind hearing from people. Can people start ordering your book right now? Yeah. You How do they do it? The Dundurn, thank you for asking. You can go to the Dundurn Publishing House site, Dundurn Press. You can go to Goodreads. You can go to Amazon. All those places have been listing the book. And you know what? If you call up Indigo and say, are you bringing this book in? That might be really helpful. Let's all do that, everyone. Let's all call Indigo and ask them when are they going to be carrying The Wild Boy of Wabamek, W-A-U-B-A-M-I-K, written by Tom T-H-O-M. Ernst, E-R-N-S-T. I want to thank you so much for being with us again. Happy holidays and happy new year. And you really are such a bright light, truly. Thank you so much, Judy. I love finding your bliss. When I get your phone call, I answer quickly and just hope (laughs) that you're inviting me back on. So here's to a fifth year. Cheers. It'll happen. Cheers. Each week, we spotlight a singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you're a singer, please reach out to us. And if you're an author, artist, yoga, meditation, or mindfulness expert, or really anyone who has found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. Also, what did you love about today's show? Are there any guests or topics you would like us to feature on Finding Your Bliss? Just write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach, and if I can help you in any way, let me know. You can reach out and find me at findingyourbliss.com slash coaching. I'm also on Insight Timer, the number one free meditation app. All you have to do is search up Judy Liebrach. And of course, you can always follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. In Bliss News, we're so excited to announce an incredible holiday giveaway courtesy of Out on a Limb, valued at $150. Out on a Limb is one of my all-time favorite boutiques in Toronto, known for specially curated clothing, sleepwear, accessories, hosiery, great socks, shoes, and more. To get in on this fabulous Christmas holiday giveaway, all you have to do is go to at the Bliss Minute on Instagram for all of the contest details. Good luck, everyone, and happy shopping. I would like to thank our wonderful guests, Mark Masri and Tom Ernst for being on the show today. Also, thank you to Mag Ruffman, Siobhan Kiley, producer Nayira Amani, audio engineer Juliana Yanuziello, senior editor Lauren Kaminsky, video editor Sierra Brown-Rodriguez, 
audio producer Faz Kazi and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. I want to wish you all a very happy and healthy holiday season. Can't wait to see you again back in the new year. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrach, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.